This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. Checking in from Austin, Texas. And if you are listening to this podcast before March 22nd, and you want to design the strongest tribe as fast as possible with us, one hour north of Austin at this awesome lakefront property. And actually, as I'm recording this today, um, I would judge today to be the most beautiful day of the year in Austin. And it's not by accident we choose the uh, best places in the world at the best times to be there. That's been... uh, we. Definitely have leveraged beautiful environments and nature as one of the main catalysts for designing these tribes and really cultivating uh, confidence and creativity and the most cohesive communication um, with this tribe. And we use little mystery, mimetics, movements, magic to do it, to do it. So if you want to... F- experience what it's like to be in a tribe and to lead the tribe by being yourself, by being the greatest version of yourself and holding everyone else to be the greatest versions of themselves, then check us out. InternationalTribeDesign.com. Reach out to me at BreakingNormal.com. Let's do it. This is Tribe Design 11. We got so many epic people coming. And this next podcast is with uh, my friend Aaron Alexander, who stopped through Austin, because there's just so much happening in the city right now. The city is really pulsing with life force, and to contain it is a uh, is the key to to contain it in a constraint and whoo, experience that power is the key. And these podcasts are helping me with that. So I got to sit down literally on the floor, and I would say discuss some of the most profound, simple practices that add the most value to people's lives. And one of those is letting go of the chair. So we talk about floor culture, and we talk about uh, man, so many simple, I would say, simple life hacks that seem so simple, they're, they're maybe easy to pass over. So if you want to be reminded of what works, then take a seat. Or take a walk and listen to me and Aaron dive deep. And what I'll do at the end of this podcast, I'll include another teaser of the Breaking Normal book on Audible. And I think this time I will include the top 10 hacks for Breaking Normal. Because uh, those top 10 hacks and what we talk about in this podcast are something that you can start implementing actually during the podcast. And remember and receive profound power from. So I'm excited for you. I'm excited for me. I'm excited for all of us. Keep breaking normal. Uh, please give this podcast a rating, a review, a subscription. Let us know who you want to be on the show. And it's really helpful and really reverent to the uh, gods of the internet known as algorithms to amplify the message by uh, giving some support and feedback through the the iTunes, um, the iTunes section especially. Man, keep breaking normal, y'all. Much love to you. Enjoy this. Peace in. Boom. I ruined it. Are y'all ready to <laughs> amplify the awareness of Austin, Texas and beyond? I was actually today I was doing some breath work and um, anchoring like the peak of the experience and with gratitude. And I was aiming to think of something I've never been grateful for before. And I thought about the bees, the buzzing of the bees, and the the wings of a butter uh, of a hummingbird, 
actually that everyone in the world gets to experience every every flap. It's just to a different degree. And I was actually thinking about how thankful I am for that. Mm. So as I'm here with Aaron Alexander, with um, when I think of you, I think of the word align. Mm. And I think that is uh, the ethos of your brand in a way. Is that correct? It's the name and the ethos, uh, compound. And before we... Uh, dig into what align means to you i want to give a context of how we know each other i'm actually not quite certain the original interaction but i do know that you bought my brother's surfboard when i was moving out of my recent home base and my brother arrived in austin today and now we're doing this interview and y'all just got to meet before this so i I think that's a nice synchronicity that we're surfing some divine waves yeah yeah i'm still surfing that board it's (laughs) helped me with my cold thermogenesis and keeping also keeping the vibes up it's great Meaning, were you surfing without a wetsuit in Southern California? Is no, that I use a wetsuit. I'm, yeah, I'm a Nancy. <laughs> That's humble of you. Yeah, thanks. You are <laughs> an aligned Nancy. And actually, I know a Nancy that used to live where you bought that surfboard from, Nancy Upstairs. Mm. She's very aligned. Oh, that's good. So, what does that mean to you? Oh, <laughs> you got you, you want, Do you want me to answer first? Or yeah. Do you, okay. Yeah. Aligned. Yeah, aligned. What does aligned mean to me? It means that there is some sort of energy that's coming that's I'm available to tap into I'm like as an antenna I'm available to tap into a frequency of energy Mm. and I can put myself in a posture in a position to tune into frequencies very clearly and when I'm aligned I can tune into those frequencies clearly and by and it feels almost like a conscious choice so that's a product of me being aligned and um, aligned means uh for me, choosing the best with the highest levels of awareness. Awesome. What about yourself? Um, I mean, that, that. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a quote from Ida Rolf, who she's the founder of a thing called Rolfing Structural Integration, which is like a terribly branded name. Structural integration was what she called it. It's a form of hands-on therapy, like physical therapy, hands-on therapy kind of thing. And uh, a quote, like paraphrasing, was essentially, if we can she didn't say align, but if we can organize the body or align the body, but organize the joints within the field of gravity, then the body begins to heal itself. You know, and so, so many of us, we end up moving around the world and our, our, our bodies is literally, literally it's, it's disorganized. It's like cacophonous. It creates friction. You know, so as we move around the world, as you're squatting, leaning over all that, it's like, it's almost like this little, you know, friction, like you're, you're creating a little fire in your joints, you know, and if you can find that alignment, then your body knows exactly how to heal. You know, and so within that, that's just the, the, the physical realm beyond that. Then it's like, okay, well, w- what does it feel like in your physical body to be stacked up and to feel like you're healing? You know, how many people moving around the world feel like they're healing? You know, most of us, it's just, we're just like slamming coffee and kind of, sl- you know, trying to, trying to stay up. And I think that when you are in that upright position, then you start to emotionally feel more stable, you know, and you feel stronger and you feel proud of yourself and you feel you're able to show up with somebody in a, in a, in a truthful way. You don't have to hide, you know, if your posture is in a collapsed position, inevitably it makes you feel like you're kind of like defeated, makes you feel kind of depressed. It makes you feel kind of like you're turning away. You know, so all of those patterns, they're all integrated throughout like millions of years. There's, there's Harvard studies showing that when you're in a hunched over position, it literally stresses you out. Like it puts you, it increases stress hormones, cortisol. It decreases testosterone. 
You know, so it's it's an emotional, physical experience, this physical alignment. Yeah, and now I'm imagining – so I'm in posture not only physically and beyond, and I p- believe you know that as well, but you aimed right in on the physical posture. And, and I now I'm remembering, don't you have a hashtag or a movement of sorts that I, I think is trending in my world about floor culture? Is that something that you're yeah, pioneering? Yeah, it's on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm pioneering. I mean, it's like if you want, if you want new information, look into old books. Like most of the world is s- sitting on the ground. You know, it's like the Western world – you know, we invented hip replacements. You know, if you look at cultures in like Northern Africa or uh, Eastern Mediterranean or Southeast Asia, you'll see like minimal to no incidence of osteoarthritis of the hip, minimal incidence of osteoarthritis of the knee, you know, and it's just because they're freaking using their body. You know, it's not like it's like they're doing anything. Maybe they're drinking more olive oil or whatever. I think there's a lot that there's community. I think there's a lot of things going on with that. Um, but literally, they're just taking their joints through their full range of motion on a regular basis, so they're healing themselves. Well, what about me? Because you sit on the floor so nicely, it seems. You have a pillow as well. you got to stack your shit up, man. man so, yeah, tell me. Tell, yeah, me. tell me. And hey, if um, anyone's listening, go breakingnormal.com slash podcast so you can see the video because we have a nice shot of us right yeah, now. So this, so. Is, so this is important stuff. I mean, yeah. we well, go to so many me. yoga classes, and you're going through all these different asanas, and you know, how often are we? how often do we really even know if we're in – optimal alignment as we're doing as we're practicing these poses like so much so many of us we're like we're working really hard and we're practicing positions that are actually kind of potentially maybe in some ways making us worse you know so like a baseline foundation for everybody listening is you can (laughs) sit if you're sitting on the ground um first of all you need a cushion you need to get a yoga block you need to get something to stack your butt up because most of us don't have the flexibility um in our hips and our hamstrings and adductors to be able to do this without it so stack your butt up and then reach under right now, Dan, and grab your – do we swear on this podcast? Uh, not that I'm going to right now, but just in general so I know. One thing we don't do on this podcast is don't wee-wee on you. So we just encourage okay, we you do, to be an I. I do like, what well, I, you do you. All right, you do, do, all right you. I do what I like. All right, good, perfect. So so, so grab your butt cheeks. Um, not that that's a cuss word, but we'll, we'll see if anything. I just want to know. Um, so grab your butt cheeks and literally reach back underneath there and pull them straight back you don't have to pull them like apart yeah i don't want to really yeah like, i get already <laughs> i get to like wow so you know, yeah. thank you for clarifying suckers straight back and what you're gonna do with that is you start to feel the front edge of your sit bones if you're on the front edge of your sit bones you literally you just did, took a breath that was good man that's what that's what happens and honestly you could raise your butt up even higher here put your let's use this yoga map get this guy underneath your butt we're gonna nice. have this the whole yeah. time so oh. raise this little mofo up behind it we're gonna keep the oh, pillow. oh yeah, let's yeah so get it. yourself up so sit on top of the mat and the pillow. Raise Good. So everybody do this at home. Raise okay, so raise that tuck us up until you are literally on the front edge. So pull the butt cheeks back, back on the back edge of, of the mat. Good. Even back further. Reach oh, back and back, pull back further. Pull your butt back. Pick it up. Small Pick one. it up. More. I'm telling you, you there might up. be less butt there than you think. All right, we're getting better. Yeah, <laughs> so now hinge your, start to hinge yourself kind of forward-ish. Straighten your legs up. Yelling. Sorry for yelling you. Oh, Straight. <laughs> a little footsie. A little footsie's coming up. Hold on. Oh, that. What's that? What do you think that is? That little balls in my foot. Toe, toe cancer, I think. All right. So straighten. No, your, so no, straight. Dispel that. I dispel that. <laughs> <laughs> we push that Not out. For me. Yeah. So what I want people to be able to find is find the front edge of their sit bones. And what you're going to do with that. All right. Now we're getting, we're starting to get somewhere. Still, I still want you to be higher to be honest, but that's okay. Find the front edge of your sit bones. And then when you, when you're in that position, you set the pelvis in such a way that you get into, you call it your indigenous movement patterns. If you wanted to mm, do fancy like, talk. Yeah, that's nice. Indigenous. Nice it's like the natural 
the natural motion of your joints. So if you're in the front edge of that pelvis, then you can start to drive weight all the way from your shoulders and it will stack and align all the way down through your spine down to your hips. Honestly, your butt needs to be raised up just a little bit more, but that's okay. Yeah. Th- th- it's all right. Yeah, yeah. This is a lot. People at home, get <laughs> this is a lot. Let's pretend it's a lot. <laughs> um, you know, and, but so just that baseline uh, movement practice will absolutely change your life. Like, bar none, that fundamental little thing, you bring that in your life, absolutely change your life. This changed my. This is changing my life right now, oh, actually. Because okay. there's something about you accentuating the exaggeration. When I'm, I maybe used to judge as an exaggeration of how much my butt needs to be raised and how much my yeah. uh, butt cheeks want to be pulled back. And by going the like the farthest distance of that, I yeah, that just changed my life. And now, because uh, I want to sit more aligned. Yeah, well, there's a lot of pride, you know, and there's a lot of. It's like a comp- maybe not just pride, but we like we all like I'm flexible enough, like I can do it, you know. It's like you're not, like you like not you, but like m- me, I'm not, you know. Like I need to raise my butt up to, in order to actually find that spot where you can really. You think of imagine if you are setting a like a cordless phone or something on a or or anything on a uh, a charging machine, and you want to be able to nest the the wires so that they actually connect and create charge. You know what I'm saying? I'm not mm-hmm. describing that very well, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, you want to you want to get it so it actually sits mm-hmm. in there, and if it sits off just a little bit, it's like no charge. Man, you're bummed. So you great, you sat down all that time, but this is a legit position, you know, lotus position or easy position or. The the phone device has been a very relevant metaphor in my life recently because I'm exploring different ways to charge my electrical device. Yeah, um, you with, are. Like, with the most like most impact, with, like half the effort, double the results, and then like increasing my effort by four, mm-hmm. and seeing what I can do. So, what's the most bang for your buck in your way for physical optimization? Because I judge you to be very vital um, compared to the herd of people I see on a daily basis, mm. and I, my guess is you're also very experimental. So I'm like, what's supercharging you these days? Your electrical being. Mm. Well, I mean, it's like the really simple stuff, man. You know, so honestly, spending more time on the ground is huge. Um, spending more time outside. Expo- like as often as you have an opportunity to. Like we were outside for a second and it's been like cloudy throughout the day. Mm-hmm. The sun popped out. It's like shirts off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like you are a human charger. You know, you are a, a walking solar panel. You know, with, with, with men specifically, I think this with, with a bit with women as well, but especially with men because of testicles, exposure of sun to your testicles increases testosterone. So just tugging on them and moving them and like, you need to touch yourself. You know, not, I'm not saying you need to be like wanking in public, but like gain, I, I, gain I a confession. relationship with yourself. I got a confession because I, bro- <laughs> I saw my brother today for the first time in a long time and you did as well. <laughs> And his girlfriend, his fiance, his fiance, Emerald, asked me, like, what's, have y'all changed any rituals lately for you and Deanna about my wife? And my answer was that, yeah, I started masturbating more in front of Deanna. Whoa. Damn. That's great. And All right. I, how does that make you feel? Well, what it makes me feel like is there's a, I'm supposed to say that because what you were just saying about tugging on your testicles and how important this is. And, um, it just yeah brought up. I think it's important to do that. Actually, I think it's one of the healthiest things someone can do if they're in a relationship is to be able to make sure 
they can enjoy themselves masturbating in front of each other without the other person having to touch Judging. them. Yeah. Without having to oh, touch them or hmm. why that part specifically? I think there's a it it, it holds me accountable to hold, being able to enjoy myself sexually regardless of what I'm judging Deanna to be doing. That's great. Yeah. And also I think I I think that's awesome. And um I think as well a big thing especially with women, men as well, certainly. Um but women t- will tend to have a harder time orgasming than men. Men are a little bit more like automatic with it usually. Um, men often will be the, the other direction, like ED, um, or 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 um, you know coming too soon, premature ejaculation. Be fancy way of saying that. Um, but really feeling accepted by your partner is huge, you know. And so something that I found to really be helpful with partners is to acknowledge that they have a, a beautiful pussy or beautiful vagina or beautiful, you know, whatever language you want to use. But that's like a part where girls are like, oh, like, I don't know. Does he like it? I'm not sure. You know, and so you could be doing all this work. You know, you're doing work down there. You're like, oh, but she's like, if she has a, a hint of insecurity that you don't love what you're doing, it'll, it'll, it'll throw a wrench to the whole thing. You know, so I think just like taking that time to really, like, even if you're not sure, just like say it. You know, like tell your partner you think they're beautiful. Tell your partner like any any of those things to really acknowledge. Make sure that every aspect of them that you accept and you truly love, and like cool, sweet, we move forward. Yeah, that's something I've been feeling into lately. Is really um, because I, I've been, and I think this is something we share in common. Um, a true captivation by nature in its finest, like it's this unmanipulated form, nature that show like it peaks. That's how. <laughs> I am captivated by the. Th- I can go outside and be just like in awe, and I think that you have that in you as well. Yeah, certainly. And yeah, uh, my belief is that Deanna is the the epitome of that nature. Mm. And uh, for some reason, in the past, I wasn't showing it to her like I was showing it. It's like a spring that I would find in. Yellowstone, like a secret spring outside of Yellowstone National Park or something. Right. But she's actually more special to me than that. And I think showing that and um, realizing that and and owning it, there was something I had to break through to to own that and verbalize that. Yeah, the spring doesn't potentially reject you. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That's that's pretty much I think you got there. (laughs) You got it there. (laughs) Yeah, you can hug a oak tree (laughs) you know you could you know rub your body on a redwood or whatever you know douse yourself in a cold river spring (laughs) and it's like there's no there's no potential rejection with a woman or a man or whatever it's like yeah it's like there's there's potential pain there like to be rejected is the same it manifests itself in the same same parts of the brain as literal pain so someone says oh like that's great that you like me but like i'm not into it it's literally like someone's cutting you with a dagger <laughs> and, and, and i think i Deanna and we like each other a lot of the times a lot of the that's times good. but good there is you. even the ounce of uh not being acknowledged in that um and that like to the degree that i want to be acknowledged in my desire for her like or they're like whoa whoa i thought i want this and, it, and maybe she doesn't want it to the degree that i thought she would want it mm. in that moment how do, you want, how do you want to be acknowledged? I, oh, it's just like it's like dependent. Like if I'm like really into it and she's not, there is that in a a spectrum. What you're saying of like the denial, 
mm. even being in a long-term relationship, there is a denial on a daily basis, and then there's like the synergy on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it rejects. What do you do when it rejects? Man, someone else just asked me that. I think the, I think Emerald asked me that we're on. We're riding that morphic resonance. That's something that we talked about last time we were at a place, and I want to maybe touch back on that. I'm gonna plant that seed. Yeah, sure. Um, what do? Oh, I told I told Emerald, and I still agree. I surrender. Yeah, it's like if I got wiped out on a wave. There's a point that in order me for me to find where the bottom is versus the up, I gotta like just surrender. Mm. Yeah, that makes it a lot easier. Yeah. yeah, and stay safe. Like, stay safe with my emotions. Like, if my my anger doesn't have to be dis- destructive, it can be loving. And if it feels beyond loving, just surrender. I think there's a balance of surrendering. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. And it's really helpful to be a strong swimmer. You know, and it's really helpful to have surfing experience. And it's really helpful to know the tides and the currents. And it's really helpful to understand waves and like ocean dynamics. <laughs> yes, yes. Because if you're just a surrendering bitch, it's like you still might die. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm, I'm looking at this very metaphorically. I'm like, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. The the relation. How do we react when it's? It's like that's a practice I'm figuring out. It's like it's just part of surfing. Yeah, literally and metaphorically. Oh, dude, surfing is thick with metaphors. Yeah, that's it's all the greatest. It is. It's the greatest. Surfing yeah. and poker, I can go pretty. I can go all over the place with. Mm, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I can see that. Morphic resonance. Mm, what does that R- mean? Rupert Sheldrake. Let's, can you uh, illuminate a little? Because that's a subject that I think I I think I like relate to in my body, but I haven't studied it with my mind. Mm. So, yeah, so um, Rupert Sheldrake. If people are interested, that's a direction they can go into with it. Um, essentially, it's and this I'm by no means like expert within like look up Rupert's work. He's good. He's he's like he's the boss guy with this. Um, but essentially that we're all interacting in this same fabric, you know? And so like, there's, there's some research from the heart math Institute, for example, this is two separate threads, but they kind of relate, um, of that there's actual electromagnetic fields that are emitted from, you know, our bodies in general, but especially from the heart, like the heart really projects out further. I've, I've heard different, different things. I think around like 20 feet is something I've heard consistently. I think it probably varies depending upon the person and, you know, it, I, I think it depends upon the person is the big thing. Um, but within that, like literally right now, we're like sharing each other's heart. You know, we're also, you could say we're inoculating each other to each other's bacteria. We're, we're breathing each other in, like we're becoming each other, <laughs> you know, especially since we're closed inside of a room and the room and the, door and the uh, windows are shut, you know? So it's like from that, that's like more of a biochemical, electromagnetic kind of sciency. Western sciencey description, but then beyond that, Rupert Sheldrake gets into. There's all sorts of different uh, studies that they've done around um, one specific thing is like dogs. Um, they will know when their owners are coming home with pretty high consistency, and even if the owner has like a you know they oh like they normally come at five every day, but now they come home at three, some tick goes off with that. And they did a similar thing with, with people making phone calls to each other. You know, and you're, you live in Encinitas, so like your annoying friend, like, oh my God, I was just thinking about you. And you're like, shut up. Like, I, you, you think about me all the time or, you know, whatever. That, that sounds conceited. But you know, like it's, it's, people tend to always feel that way living in Southern California to the point that it can be annoying. And comma, that there also is research when they did like a worldwide study with that where they had people, I don't remember exactly how they, they set it up, but they had people on these, I don't want to describe it because I'm going to describe it wrong, but look into Rupert Sheldrake's work and it's consistent across the board 
that we have some degree of like we're sharing a line you know beyond just uh, our cell phones and you could potentially say that our cell phones are like atrophying that muscle oh yeah that's such a great oh, thank you because I want to go into that we were outside before the podcast we were doing energy work some yoga some mm. playing with babies and babies they're the ultimate energy work man. they do it all we're all fucking talking about a bunch of you know whatever sciencey bits and whatnot, but it's all I think most of the stuff, like study, there's a study, sorry to interrupt, but there's a study in the, in the, <laughs> there was an article in the Lancet, which is like a well-respected science journal. And it pointed out that like, over 50% of scientific studies that I'll probably end up mentioning in this are done incorrectly. You know, like they're not, and they, they have a, a biased and That's so exactly much research is point. thrown away. Exactly my point. But we babies, are babies. Babies are legit. Yeah, but we, we are babies in disguise, and that's why. Oh, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, that's why we're fumbling around, learning how to walk in every metaphorical way possible. Yeah. And yeah. no one faults a baby for falling when they're learning how to walk. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we're hard on ourselves about that. Encourage stuff. Encourage it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Fall forward. Come on. Let's yeah, do we kind of we kind of hide it. That's kind of what we'll do instead. I like to, so I do it, this thing, the truth tense, where I speak <laughs> about myself and I just, I pretend, I'm telling the story of myself. Mm. And then I let go of the one I said, the wee wee earlier. Mm. The wee wees and the, the challenging part, this is the challenging part for you if you want to, if you want to try it on. I'll try it on, man. And if anyone else wants to try it on. Yeah. When, if someone tells you, they use that phraseology, mm -hmm. they're like, you know, when this happens, this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, when you turn 35, that's when the joints start to... Yeah, your balls hang down your knees. Yeah, that. Whatever right. it is, if it doesn't, if it's not something you want, I challenge you to at least, at least call that security in for yourself. But even go as far as asking the person, by you, do you mean you? Or that's maybe not true for me. Because I do think that we're, as you said, we're sharing energy. I think we're praying together right now. Yeah, certainly. And what does praying mean to you? Uh, that we are symbolizing the desire of our spirit, like planting seeds with the word. But like create, there's like these energy forms, and we're creating a seed around them by symbolizing them with with a word, mm. and planted in the fertile soil, especially charged with emotional energy like and metaphorically water or sunshine that can grow into a a real thing hmm. so I, I i believe like we're speaking our reality into an existence to a certain degree currently yeah you spell a word <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, you know, everybody knows that but that's kind of interesting fun playing words you spell what's a spell exactly so the we I, my challenge is like yeah just what about accurately reporting Whatever's happening for you, and that's it. In the tense that you want it. So if it's something you're ready to let go of, to say it in the past tense. And if it's something you're ready to own more of, you speak about it as it's happening, because that's maybe how it happens. Mm. Yeah. We were talking about a bit of the Bible and Jesus and Christianity right before we pressed record. And that's the bit. The Bible, from my understanding, is the most distributed book on earth. And right from the beginning, it talks about before it was created, it was spoken. So maybe there's something there. Sometimes I think the most obvious truths are like in people's faces and they're somehow like it's so close they don't they don't see it or something yeah. Have you ever thought about how the spoken there's a book there's an idea called the medium is the message and there's a book called the medium is the massage um and it gets into how um 
the the medium is actually the main message to listen to in these different so like um it's the thing that's actually truly changing us. Like we get wrapped up in the individual words within, but if you look at the difference, like the cultural difference before words, not before words, but what well, we could say that, but before writing, cause that's more like recent, um, people spoke, you know, they told stories, they animated, they were more auditory, um, beings. Like they, that's how they communicated. And they, you know, that, that changes, at like a, a, a deep core level that changes humanity. And then like even there was a, during like the, the beginning times of, of when writing started coming into about, um, Socrates, for example, this was in that book, he, one of the things like a quote that I got out of the book, he said that, that beings, he was like against it. He was like, I don't like this writing stuff. It's going to jack us up. You know, which is so funny because now we're like cell phones. We don't like cell phones. It's like, dude, Socrates was talking shit on writing on papyrus. <laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing it back to that. So, I, that's an aligned message that I think uh, we can talk about. Like, what is going on? Because it, in the recent history, it was like cigarettes. Like, everyone, they're advertising cigarettes. And then all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, don't smoke cigarettes. To me, that's not nothing as addictive as the cell, the, the cellular device, like with Instagram on yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know if the cell phones. So that's that's interesting. So so the quote that that Socrates said that I just, I just think is 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 fun. And then and then that, um, he said that people will appear to be omniscient, but in fact they will know nothing. And I think that's what so many people do. And I'm guilty of that. Like you see me, I carry my notebook around. I'm like scribbling, and I'm like I'm like fact obsessed. Like I'm like. I'm more of my heart. Like that's, that's the thing that's, that is my present focus, but I still have like intellectual baggage. I think you could say, um, this is a good contrast because <laughs> I believe I'm like almost fact, fact, um, like devoid. Yeah. Like, Oh, I'm like, re- I'm resistant to yeah. facts. So that's a cool contrast we might have. Well, our team. Yeah. Yin yang, man. Here we go. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just be this heartless, cold, soulless being with, scientific studies and you can like hold down the heart uh, well and a lot of my good <laughs> friends are that, that i have had good friends that are so logical i'm like oh wow this is cool mm. i just had fun with it and that's a lot both of are valuable which there's tr- no one that's more valuable than the other <laughs> yeah that, so that's what we do at our events i would love for whenever we can make it happen to have you on one but it's a lot about heart sync over group think and it's about sharing that heart energy mm-hmm. rather than getting distracted by like this duality energy and and to use this to use this i'm not undermining the power of the mind they both need each other yeah there's no so it's and that's the issue with religion the moment that you become dogmatic that one you know, chakra in this, well, I guess like the intellectual aspect, maybe that would be like, I don't know, like the sixths or something like that. Um, but forget the chakra. I was going to say because the heart. Um, but one aspect, one style of thinking or feeling is more valuable than the other, then you're blind. You know, so... Uh, Including maybe that one. Um, what, me saying that? Like that could be one of those thoughts that... Oh, sure. Everything I say could be total bullshit. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, dude, if I listen to this, guaranteed fact, if I listen to this in one year, I'll disagree, I bet, with at least a good fraction of what I'm saying right now. That's a good good topic. (laughs) Well, I think a lot of people won't speak their truth because they fear that. Hmm. So how do you get beyond that? Well, you just be honest as much as you possibly can. Beyond it. Be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is, is is and that's and that's a practice and I think things like um 
you know, meditation is valuable. I think things like making yourself vulnerable, you know, there's moments like if you don't feel, if something's, if you're not getting anxious, if you're not, if your palms aren't getting sweaty, if you don't feel, you know, those like nerves come up, you're probably not really experiencing life. You know, I, I think the more often that you put yourself into that situation where you're like, okay, I'm going to say it. You know, I'm going to do this presentation. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to bear it all. You know, I'm going to just do it. I'm going to tell everybody I'm gay or I'm t- ugh, whatever the thing, I'm out with it. You know, just a little bit of, oh, and I feel, wow. You know, whatever that thing is, I think that the more often that we can do that, it like it, it truly is a practice. You know, and, and I think that I think meditation is a great way to to just like a really safe, personal, private way to start to work with that. Is but most of us we have so much distraction that um, it's we can be fairly dishonest with ourselves through most of our lives. You know, and it, I think it it just leads to a lot of anxiety and depression and things like that. You know, but we have those, the option to to kind of ignore. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like one of those wee wees. No. And I hear what you're I saying. I have the option to kind uh, yeah. of ignore if you prefer that. No, no, know. I like the, the I world, like the other the part that I live and in. the eye. Like when yeah. you were saying that we had the <laughs> issues, I was like, I you can eye that, but the yeah. the, the solution you can wee that one. Yeah, yeah, we're in together. Anything that I eye is a wee, and anything that we wee is an eye. Like we're in the same morphic resonance soup. You know, so if someone like hit, like I am Hitler, you know, I am Jesus, I am Gandhi, you know, like anything that someone has experienced, in my opinion, you know, this could be, this could be wacky, but any, any emotion that someone has experienced throughout history from, from my, uh, delusional perspective, I think that that's, that's all a part of me, man. You know, if someone has accessed some feeling, mm-hmm. I think that it's, and if, and if I have judgment against that thing, it's because I actually have insecurity about that thing. And I have shame around that thing. Yeah, I look at it a little different. I, I look at I hear what you, I, there's a re- real resonance in the sense that I have the ability to experience that. Just as like I have a search engine on my computer, I know I can probably find whatever I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. On yeah, the exactly. The internet is but all of it. I still am the one that chooses what I'm searching. You choose a channel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but beyond that, you're all of it. Exactly. In you a way. In a way. So it's like I don't need to choose that to be that to believe that belief. Like that Certainly culturally not. belief. But then I want that one like that. I like that one. I'll take, I'll just consider that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're all of it. Yeah, I mean, that's why I probably search and that's what algorithms actually choose to show, on a, funny enough. Based off of what you searched yeah, previously because yeah. they want to sell you Or shit. talk about. Does it, does that, do you believe that? What you talk about it shows up more likely on Instagram ads? Oh, I don't know. I don't have enough information about it. Yeah, I, I am... I'm pretty certain, mm. but I'm, yeah, I, I mean, haven't the, done the scientific I mean, the research. The technology yet. is certainly there. I, I don't know enough about it though. And on that, note, that's something I want to definitely integrate into this discussion. Is what do you think about on a collective scale on the like past five years? We'll put it, you know, kind of in the past there, anyways. Mm-hmm. But what is this Instagram phone? And and I want to also say, um, you asked me if I heard of this idea. There was a book that you recommended on your Instagram that you mm. said something like, this is blowing my mind. Mm. And it was The Shallows, The Shallows. Oh, yeah, and The Shallows. And I started listening to it, and it seems very on brand with this conversation. Certainly. Did you go through that book? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I started it recently. It seems pretty Good. freaking intriguing. Yeah. It's called The Shallows. I said In The Shallows. But for some reason, I want to call it In The Shallows, but it's called The Shallows. The Shallows. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm into it. So yeah. literally and metaphorically. Yeah. And... 
what is from you what, that might uh, you might have some cool influence from that and your personal experience but what's going on with people over the last few years with this just like this phone thing that's happening <laughs> it's happening well, so i think because i'm would fall into the camp of people that has like shat upon the phone of like the phone it's killing us it's the reason for all of our problems but i but i think the phone is us the phone's it's a manifestation of us the phone is human you know it's as it's as human as the 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 shirt that you're wearing or your you know the way that you gesticulate with your hands it's an expression out of human you know so i don't think that it's 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 convenient to be like the phone it got us you know, but it's the same way that people describe as like, oh, I have like arthritis in my knee or I have like an itis. It's like you've moved yourself into inflammation. Like inflammation didn't just like come and get you. <laughs> you know, you know you've, you've, you've moved or eaten or environmented in such a way that you're having this inflammatory response and you're fill in the blank. You know, and so I think that in a similar way that the, that the itis is not something that came and got you. I think that the phone is us, you know, but it's just like a reframe of, instead of like attacking the phone. Um, and the phone happens to be such, like there's a, a quote from somebody about how, uh, I don't know who it was, but um, our emotional intelligence is that of like, you know, a, a three-year-old, you know, but our technological intelligence is like that of like an eighth grader. You know, there's still a lot more potential for growth with, in, in both, but when you give a three or four year old a highly advanced gizmo, you know, it's like, what the hell are they going to do with it? In our case, we just stare at ourselves on Instagram, you know, and it's like, I think if, as we start to cultivate that emotional intelligence, all of a sudden the power of the technology becomes, it becomes like truly a tool that it is. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. That I agree. The difference between a tool and a weapon is who's holding it and when they're holding it. And I definitely look at social media that way. Mm -hmm. yeah. that a, it's a sharp device. Um, and I love when I, I love being in the flow of using it as a, a tool for empowerment yeah. instead of a self-sabotaging. But it's built, like you have to realize that it is literally built to prey on your, um, you could say like your psychological weaknesses, you know, because it, it wants your attention. You know, so it's a, a, a term I mentioned out there, the, the Zygarnik effect is we have this natural tendency to want to complete loops. If there's an open loop, we want to close it, you know, and so that's what Instagram, for example, since that we're talking about, those little notifications, like on mine, you know, as I'm finishing answering a thing, I'll be like, oh, and then I'll get another thing. And I'm just like, God damn it. And I want to check it, you know, because I want to like, I'm like this, I'm, I'm kind of, especially this year, I'm like, in a sense, I've, I've told myself, I've kind of made like a vow that like, I want to help people, you know, I'm doing this book, like, I, like if someone reaches out to me, like, I want to help, I'm here for you, you know, I'm, I'm putting in my time, like, I, this is why I've, I've put myself up on this, like, this display, essentially, I'm like, all right, come, like, I want to help. The season is now. The season is now, you know, and, and so, but along with that, at the same time, I also recognize a level of, of like dependence and addiction within myself, you know, where I can go through moments of like what would be like boredom where at one time I would have like, you know, made a paper airplane or, you know, whatever, you know, but now it's, it's like, oh, cool. Just check these endless notifications 
And then once you get done with those notifications on Instagram, you can go to Facebook. And then once you get done that, you can go to Twitter. Then you can go to email. And then by the, the time you get to that, certainly, it's like living in a mansion. Like you get to the end of fixing everything, you got to just go back. So now you're living in this rat wheel where you're just spinning around, ongoing, 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 until you develop the emotional intelligence to get the fuck control of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like how you, at the end, you say until, because I'm there, I'm there. I hear you, I hear you. I, it's, yeah, yeah, this is a, it's a good message. It's a good message. How do you uh, overcome that seduction? Um, I think it's like, likely I'm in the process of overcoming so I wouldn't say this is something I'm expert with but I because I, I still feel certain degrees of like dependence on technology um, like I said like I'll have a draw to like reach into my pocket and check you know did I get any messages you know and, and really what I, I really want in that instance probably a hug you know I probably want to have like, like like if I go to you know I was just in Costa Rica for a month and, and during that time frame you know I'm like out jungle and I'm climbing trees and we're you know don't going into waterfalls and it's just like hey, wow the phone like loses its glow you know I'm still checking because I'm still like working you know whatever um, but it, it really loses its shininess but then I go into LA where I live you know I live in Santa Monica it's kind of different I guess but um, all of a sudden it's like literally like the glow amplifies out goes, boof, boof, boof. <laughs> you know so it's it 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 changes based upon I think your level of engagement with your life. Um, so I think that the way that we break the shackles of the phone, I think is just become more engaged with things that you care about. Yeah. I was thinking of this awesome idea as you were saying that. And imagine if we could create, how can we create some sort of movement whether it's breaking normal or whatever we want to call it, where it became um, an idea before you check the porn of connection, which I would say social media is. Mm. I think social media is sort of like porn for friends. Maybe. I don't know. I got to think about it. Like porn for connection. That's what I'll say. Oh, yeah. Because porn's satiating like a sexual desire and and the social media is like an emotional connection thing. I guess they're both. Yeah, okay. All right. And my, I was like, wait, maybe if before I check social media, I was like thinking to check it in by myself. Would this be a good challenge? I make sure to give someone a hug. Have a wang. <laughs> yeah, that's See how check in how you feel. So everybody, we're gonna start a Facebook community, <laughs> yes. and then before you check your social media, you're gonna have a wank, and then you can check in with the community, and you can tell us how you feel. And that's what we'll that's do. That's one challenge. We're gonna have different challenges. It's gonna be good. We're gonna call it a line breaking porn. It's gonna be great. <laughs> yes. It's the trifecta of all three ideas. I'm sorry. Uh, that's good. That, that we'll cut that part out. <laughs> no. It's, well, how would you ever know? <laughs> yep. Unless you're listening to it. Yep. Maybe if you picked up on the morphic resonance. Mm. Yeah, they already knew it. They already heard it. And they're like, wait, wasn't there something they knew, else? They knew it was Wasn't coming. there something, another part? If we cut it out, I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. They're like, wait. Yeah, it messes the whole vibe up when you cut stuff out. You don't want to do it. Mm, I do yeah. it sometimes, but you know, it's not it's not the vibe. It's not the right way. I did, uh, speaking of that, I, the most recent podcast that got uploaded was um, the guy that created American Circumcision. Mm. What is that? It's a documentary on Netflix wow. um, calling attention to the, the societal norm of cutting out uh, a part of the f- 
foreskin of a baby's penis yeah, on, upon their entry to the world. You can restore it, as you already know, I'm sure. This is He was at the stand uh, today, <laughs> the South by Southwest stand, some about some stem cell research. What do you know about this when you say you can I restore a, it? Because I believe it too, but how? what do yeah, you know about that? I have that? a guy, I think he's a friend, um, Gil Headley. He's like one of the, the foremost... Um, what do you call a person that cuts cadavers open for a living? A cadaverist? Wow. Um, anyways, he's like absolute pioneer in the world of fascia, connective tissue, all that stuff. I just recently did a podcast with him on on my podcast, and in that he broke down like the the bits. I didn't I didn't realize even that it was a thing until he told me during a conversation, um, and essentially you, it's it's skin. Like when you get fat, your skin stretches. You know, so the skin around your cock, if you tug on it consistently, it'll start to stretch just like if you, you know, any any other aspect of you. And so you can start off giving, a, you know, a consistent tug. Uh, for some people, if they, had, they did like a good job in quotations where there's like no extra skin, then you'd have to probably do it with, by hand. But then there's devices that you can get that will literally like wrap around the top um, you know, just just like below the head of the cock, and then it'll kind of pull it over, and then you can like hang weights from it, or you can like tie it to your pants or something, or your inside of your leg, and it will have a consistent pull on your on your cock skin until eventually you start to have a foreskin. It takes like six months to two years, I think. I've I watched a bunch of videos. <laughs> what was your desire? What was was there a personal desire to figure this out? Yeah, I would do it. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Whatever. I don't have like I don't like I don't have an issue with like ED or anything like that like erectile erectile dysfunction. Um, my thing has been figuring out how to like um, elongate sexual experience. So uh, I mean, people talk about that with like with like yeah, circumcision being like, oh man, like you, you're not getting the sensation. I'm like, I've never had that issue in my life. I've always been so like, so you've been how do we circumcised tone this down? or what you're have, how do you describe it? Were you circumcised? I don't yeah, know I'm how. circumcised. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The funniest thing about this ED circumcision thing is the next podcast that gets released is from a urologist, and mm. we talk a lot about ED. And I think this is the following one. So there's some kind of cock talk theme going on here. Well, there should be. You know, it's it's conversations that people that are like shamed you know that's what that's what people are are really interested in is the things that we've been shamed to talk or think about but most people carry some degree of shame in and around their genitals i think um I'm pretty sure if you actually really like take a look at that with oh, i've done some research so the, so you mentioned this idea of like just getting it out there at the beginning of our retreats the one thing that's consistently stayed most westerners the, i should say i don't know about the rest of the world but generally the culture that like i was raised in um yeah it would be hard not to have some degree of shame around around having genitals and sexuality and all that yeah, and on that note, the, we start them with getting the group to confess the one thing they could get out of the way. Like, just say the one thing that you think will ruin your chances of re- ch- connecting with anyone or that you'll be most rejected from or pe- most judged by. Mm. That's how we start the event. And, yeah, I would say by far the number one thing that comes up is something about someone's uh, – a story around someone's gen- – that happened with their genital area, for sure. Hmm. That's so, and I've, I've been, I'm pretty. I, I would like to take some credit for myself because I've seen a lot of people in a lot of different places from a lot of different spaces, and that theme is for sure consistent. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And if you're carrying that that shame in your body, um, I mean, this is where it starts to get maybe a little bit blurrier. But I, I think that that's literally 
Like there's a guy called Moshe, Moshe Feldenkrais who found a thing called the Feldenkrais method, which is like a form of movement stuff. And um, he called it parasitic tension. You know, so parasitic tension is something that people carry. Like, you know, so I, I do different forms of, of manual therapy. You know, essentially it looks like a, a hybrid of like physical therapy meets hands-on body work is kind of what I do with people in a one-on-one way. Um, you know, and in that sometimes, you know, I'll be, I'll pick somebody's leg up you know, off the ground or their arm up or whatever. And they'll just, it'll just stay there. It'll just hang there. And I'm like, I'm like, relax your arm. I'm like, I am relaxed. I'm like, dude, all right. You know, and you're laughing, but it's like super common. It's like more common so than not. So you're saying you would lift someone's arm up and it would just stay? And they so imagine you're laying on the ground and I have your arm like I do right yeah. now. And I like, and I kind of like pick it up and you kind of like, instead of it just being like, whoa, boof, mm-hmm. lay flat, it's kind of like, you want to help me pick it up, and then you're kind of like, uh, uh, oh, and so you're engaging the whole time. And you were asking time. them to relax. Relax, to oh, freak out. Okay, yeah, and they, and they literally don't know how, like they don't have presently, they, the access is, is not far away, but they presently, their operating system doesn't have access to actually relaxing and calming down in their body. You know, and so what's that about? What's, what's the common issue there? Is there some other than feeling like you have to hold yourself up in the world? Maybe you know, like again, it's like a little blurry territory. Um, but, but a lot of things. I mean, you could say structural things, like their their body is continually tense because it's unstable movement patterns. You know, it's not stacked up, it's not aligned. Um, you know, which would cause the body to chronically have compensatory patterns holding the structure together. And that would be a, a largely due maybe to seating, cultural seating. Absolutely. Okay, I love how passionate. I'm just making sure I understand. Yeah. I love how I'm like. I feel like I'm really understanding the depths of your passion around the floriculture. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Oh, I think I, I'm a big believer in the most simple things are sometimes the strongest. Absolutely. Medicine. Come on. Hundred <laughs> percent. Come on. Breathing, sitting, sleeping. It's yeah. Those are the things. That's the foundation of all of it. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, that's. I don't remember what I was talking about before actually, but. Yeah, simple stuff's the way. That's the, that's the answer. What um you know we're we're almost approaching an hour that quickly like how I, oh parasitic tension let me finish that part um, so para, so so parasitic tension um so within that so I I I I brought it to like you know more globally at least like Western accepted like well structurally it's like you're like engineering a building if it's unstable then you have this compensatory patterns that the muscles will continually be holding in place. And they might not know how to stop holding that. That would be one explanation. Um, but then the other one would be that you have continually have shame around a certain area. You know, i.e. like you're shameful of like girls, adolescent girls more often than anyone else, guys, um, manifest scoliosis. You know, so what happens as you're an adolescent girl? Well, you start changing. Your body changes dramatically. You know, so scoliosis is this curving of the spine what do you do when you're trying to hide? You know, you kind of curve your spine over a little bit, twist and you turn and you kind of look down and you twist yourself up, you know? And so that you could tie that into perhaps some form of, of shame. If that's what we're, you know, like the story we're telling for this right now um, is literally forming the structure of that body into this tense position. So, you could go in and you could say, oh, okay, cool. They need a chiropractic adjustment. They need to be like, like whacked into place, you know, and you keep on whacking it. And then maybe sometimes the wax gets you into speaking into the emotional parts. 
and the, and they have the emotional release stuff and the, you know they go through this thing and then they they end up needing to maybe see a talk therapist after that or they maybe they need to go to a whatever they do to f- resource themselves and they move through that via physical a physical approach or maybe they need to figure out how to drop that shame from another modality maybe it was a psychedelic experience maybe it was a talk therapy experience maybe it was a trip to morocco that changed their perspective and everything and they come back and they say, fuck that shame stuff. Done with it. Not into it. Like, I felt it. I know what that was. It's not my body anymore. And now all of a sudden, wow, you're like taller. How'd you get taller? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I went to Morocco and went to a yoga retreat. I don't know. On that note, now I'm under, I'm, I'm curious. Have you had the most, like, shame, sir, like, if there was, like, an exercising, like, an exorcist, like, a shame, sir, sizing experiences in your life where you, like, came back from it and you're like, oh. Exactly how you were just describing. Have there been some pivotal peaks in your history where you really were embodying letting go of shame to its fullest? Mm, maybe. Well, yeah, think about it. I think most of it's, it's more like um, like a sciencey term, like titrates, like little drops. You know, little little drops is kind of more my experience with things. Mm-hmm. We like big things. That's why people, especially in like this modern age, especially like, you know, I do a lot of stuff with on it, you know, and all those you know, that kind of, that sphere of the world, um, a lot of people are attracted to that world around, like, plant medicines and things of that nature, which I think are super valuable. Um, but al- along with that, it's, I, I think we, we are seeking this big firework. Wow. Wow. 20 years, like, bam, knocked it out in two nights. You know, and I think that's cool, and I think that it seems like that is, is totally potentially possible with, with people. Um, but I think even within that it's like okay cool now how did you resource yourself before and after to actually change the structure of your life in such a way that you can continue those changes and to actually change the shape of your life and change the shape of your thoughts and change the shape of your eating patterns and the way that you conduct yourself in relationships i think it's like little bits and bits and bits but yeah i've had some interesting things like maybe i've like done some DMT is a pretty interesting experience like that. You know, I don't know if you, you talk about things like that, but like that's like that's like pretty powerful stuff. And um, I've had sensations of tangibly dropping, like feeling like it, like literally, like all of the tension that I carry, it came back afterwards. But all the tension that I carry um, to organize myself to hold myself up in the world, you know, Aaron Alexander. Okay. Here I am. You know, it's like, there's, 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 there's certain kind of tensional patterns that I'm, I'm still aware of that exist in there. And I have had experiences of like, Oh, that just, I really tangibly felt them. I saw them and they went like, Oh, okay. Okay. I, I feel what it's like to have none of that. You know, and I felt that instantaneously. But then I didn't have the resources. You know, I had to do the work. You know, so then they, they come back based off of, for my opinion slash experience, based off of the level of work that you actually put in. Was there when you said a, like the, through the DMT experience, was there a visual of sorts or? What? Oh yeah, lots of visuals. How did that show up symbolically? If you care to share, I'm like. No, that's uh, fine. Whatever. Um, yeah, with that. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it's really, it's like super, I mean, you'll hear this, like Joe Rogan talks about DMT a lot on his podcast and like the, the experience is really hard. Like everybody 
pretty consistently. It's like it's really hard to put it into words. Ineffable, um, I believe, is that. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I like yeah, that word. Yeah, ineffable is, is definitely definitely a, a fancier way of, of saying that. But it, it's it's um, yeah. I mean, it it feels like it feels like experiencing. I mean, like light is something that people say a lot. You know, people say like love a lot, uh, but it just feels like shedding some type of um, skin of some sort, like some type of like armor. And beneath that armor, it feels as though it's just light. <laughs> and so to have that experience, like, oh, I'm just, and you start getting like that whole morphic resonance stuff. You're like, oh, whoa, like I'm, maybe you're light too. <laughs> and maybe we wear this. And but then people, you know, a lot, and this is why a lot of, I was talking to Neil Strauss uh, about this. He was talking about like how sometimes like, uh, your plant medicine friends, like they can only talk to their other plant medicine friends because they're like, they're kind of like stuck in this plant medicine world. You know, it's like, well, the armor has value too. You know, like, they're, they're like, they're like your ego is super valuable. It allows you to get shit done. Like you need the ego. You know, it's, 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 I think it's more about creating a relationship with it. Yeah. Yeah, an ego, an ego is an idea created by someone that a lot of people have perpetuated, mm. and that it might. I think it resonates deeply with the most people. Mm. But still, what is an ego? Like, what is any other word? Mm. Yeah, you mean your definition of it would change what it is. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how I think of the ego is some sort of energy that keeps me protected and it keeps me in check. And physically especially uh, I'm not sure about the rest but um, that by the more I pass it along the more I play with it the more, the, the more like energy it kind of dissipates through friction mm. yeah I can see that and that's how I look at that yeah I think it's the same thing you just want you want to have healthy relationships with all the parts including the ego including the inner light you know ideally let the inner light part if you want to like, use that like way out there type metaphorical language but like you could say your inner truth you could say your inner bliss like joseph campbell inner terms. child inner child yeah all mm, that stuff yeah rewild that inner child and set the truth free yeah all that stuff you know but if you put a child in the middle of new york city they'd be killed you know and so <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's why i think like merging the adult slash mind with the innocence and abundance of like the heart of a child is the name of the game yeah in a lot of ways hmm yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it's yeah, like like maintain the inner child as though it's like an ember that you're like carrying across the savanna. Yeah, I like that. One. <laughs> you know, you're like trying to carry that fire. You know, and, and so since you're a little kid, you have that ember, and then throughout your life, you want to maintain that ember. And the way that you do that is you you blow on it and you take care of it and you stoke it. You know, maybe you add more whatever the kindling stuff is to it. You get, you got to keep it flying, keep it, keep it going, and you got to walk. <laughs> Don't just sit there with your fucking ember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That single candle can light so many other ones. It's so cool. That's a good, good metaphor. I like that one. Is there anything that um that feels most aligned for you to address while we're together? No, I felt pretty good. Yeah, cool. nothing stands out. Do you want to like play a rapid fire? Someone recently affirmed me, and they love the part of the podcast where we do rapid fire questions and answers without without getting too much into the uh, story of the answer. Hit me. 
You want to play some popcorn back and forth? I ask you questions too. Yeah, we'll just pop it, pop it, pop it, back. I'm, I'm ready. All right, let's do. Um, I like. I love using time because time is made up. It's a made up idea as well. So I love using it to my advantage. Yeah, it's helpful. It's like healthy manipulation. It allowed me to. It allowed us to organize this this experience. <laughs> so let's do three minutes. How's that sound to you? I'm ready for it. You want to go first, or you want me to go first? I'll go second. Because I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> if you want me, me to make up the rules of the game, then I'll go first. But. All right, here we go. <laughs> when in your life have you felt like you've re- the most of you didn't know what you were doing? Hmm. When did I feel the most? It's funny how we repeat things to buy ourselves time. Um, I mean, maybe I guess in like, I, feel, I mean, I feel honestly, I get like existential like crises like regularly. Um, I mean, I could probably say like last week, even though I have a very like hard driving line of where I'm going right now. Cool. Um, but but yeah, I'd probably say like high school. You know, like what should I do? Should I go to Hawaii or should I go to college? My, I would say probably high school time. I was pretty confused. Awesome. We're on 54 seconds. If you want to popcorn it back. I asked you the same question or different or question? Whatever you want. Whatever pops up. Oh. What are you most shameful of right now? <laughs> most shameful of right now. Oh, probably if I – to like if the public knew, you mean? Or if just to myself or does it matter to you? Whatever. Whatever you want to share. I probably the lack of money in my bank account currently. Well, that's good. That's really honest. I appreciate that. And the amount of debt that I'm in. Yeah. I was in. Who knows? Maybe something happened since we've been on this podcast. Yeah. That would probably be the most like overarching. Yeah. That's really honest. Sure. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. Hmm. What are you most proud of right now? Hmm. God, I mean, it feels shallow, um, but honestly, like my book that's coming, you know, it feels like I've, I've put a lot of energy into the whole like intellectual building that kind of castle and these ideas and, you know, so that's the thing that I'm the, it's like my child for me, but having a biological child sounds like that'd be like way more heartfelt. (laughs) (laughs) I almost interrupted that you're trying to pop okay. point it back. We at least okay. have another one. It's 222 uh, right okay, now. Okay, 222. Okay, all right, good. Um, where do you see yourself in five years? Big Sur, California. Uh, running some sort of event. Cool. Probably under the name of Tribe Design. Cool. Yeah. What's the scariest thing you've ever done? Three minutes. Boom, I got it. The scariest there. thing I've ever done? Yeah. <sighs> scariest thing I've ever done, I would say... Fuck. 
think probably telling, I mean, almost, I mean, it could almost be like multiple times, but telling uh, females that I love them. That's been, that's like the, that's, that's been the scariest thing that's happened to, I don't know how to compare each one, but that's like, that's pretty scary. I love, I love leaving it at that. That's a, that's a big one. Thank you. Dope. Thank you for your, uh, yeah, your authenticity, your ambition, your aims. I adore alliterations as well. Aaron, Aaron Alexander, boom, Instagram him up. Naturally, yeah. Check him out. Check this video out. He's a good-looking dude with a lot of good things to say. A lot of God things to say. So I'm, I'm happy we shared that. I'm happy we shared this prayer. Mm, yeah, me too, man. Until next time. <laughs> next time. Peace out. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. All right. Trust y'all enjoyed that as much as I did. Maybe even more. Who knows? And uh, if you have any questions about it, once again, feel free to reach out to me through BreakingNormal.com or my Instagram page. I'm pretty, I'm pretty responsive on there, and uh, I'd love to know what y'all want to see next. If you have any questions about this episode or previous episodes, and uh, here is the teaser uh, to the appendix of Breaking Normal. Actually, the book it gives the top ten hacks for breaking normal. So um, see if you can implement all of these this next week, and see what kind of shift takes place in your life because shift happens my friends keep breaking normal much love to y'all appendix top 10 hacks for breaking normal number one wake up wake up naturally no alarms no electronic devices and don't stress about doing it simply do it if and when you want to sleep when you're tired and wake up when you're rested simple right it is, but look at how many challenges we create for ourselves by not doing it. Look at all the stress that comes from trying to outsmart our bodies rather than work with them. For what? We all know how good it feels going to bed on Friday night knowing that we get to sleep in on Saturday morning. It's wonderful. Even the thought of it makes us smile. So why don't we do it every night? Why don't we surrender to sleep when our bodies tell us? Stay asleep as long as it needs and wake up when it naturally wants. Because it's not realistic? Because it's not practical? Actually, it's very realistic, very practical, and what's more, it's very sensible. It took quite a story to convince us otherwise. Imagine going to bed every night with a feeling of abundance rather than scarcity. Imagine getting all the sleep you need and desire. How could that abundance not carry over into the rest of your day? Perhaps the resistance to this idea, writing it off because you think it is impossible, is indicative of how far you've actually strayed. Sure, you might have to make some other life changes in order to make it happen, but by changing the way you wake up, you might actually wake up. Number two, cold shower and or polar plunge after getting out of bed. Cold water is a game changer. It wakes you up better than coffee or tea, not that I'm against either, and provides huge health benefits. It is a natural stimulant to the sympathetic nervous system, increases alertness, reduces inflammation, circulates blood and lymph, 
accelerates metabolism, enhances immune function, and speeds recovery. Cold water is a good spiritual practice. You can think about it all you want. You can stand in the shower with your hand on the knob or dip your toe in the water in procrastination. But eventually, you get to turn off your mind and jump in. Cold showers get you fun, comfortable, first thing in the morning, reinforcing the daily habit of going outside your comfort zone because that's where all the growth takes place. And if you don't have what it takes to practice being fun, comfortable in the comfort of your own home, what business do you have being fun, comfortable in front of a crowd? How will you lead others to grow if you can't lead yourself? Number three, hydrate. The solution to pollution is dilution. When you think you are hungry, drink some water first, the best water you can get, infused with fresh lemon. You might find, after drinking a liter or so, that you weren't actually hungry, only thirsty. If you do eat afterwards, however, your digestion will be improved. Lemon has healthy enzymes, electrolytes, and vitamin C, and helps alkalize the body. Chew your water. Drink it slowly. Swish it in your mouth. Mix it with saliva before swallowing it down. Drink water first thing in the morning before eating breakfast, and drink plenty more throughout the day. Number four, sit in the sun, naked. Not only for the vitamin D, not only because it's fun comfortable, not only because it increases healthy hormone production, gives you energy and makes you grow, do it because it feels good. Do it because it is your birthright. Find the balance between too much sun and too little sun. Bonus, get grounded while you're at it. Go barefoot in the grass, in the dirt, on the beach, etc. Shoes are great, but the shadow side is that they might separate us from the Earth's electric current. So go outside with your shoes off and see how your mood changes. Water, paradoxically, is also grounding. Walk through a creek, in the rain, or beneath a waterfall. Not only will this ground you, it will flood you with mood-enhancing negative ions. Maybe kids have so much energy and spirit because they run barefoot through the grass while playing with hoses and sprinklers. Number five, consciously eat local, organic, in-season foods with an attitude of gratitude for each ingredient and how it got to you. Take a moment to smell your food, look at your food, touch it, appreciate it, and pray for it. Maybe the degree to which you can be grateful for your food is the degree to which your food will be good for you. Know that what you are eating is turning into you, becoming a part of your body, providing fuel for your fire. Drink your food and chew your water. Number six, functional fitness. Keyword, fun. Working out can be fun. So whatever that means to you, that's what I'd advise you to do. Sometimes I do it outside, in the sun, in the grass, doing whatever I feel, like a 100% effort. Sprints, handstands, squats, pull-ups, dead hangs, etc. I get more done in seemingly less time, though in actuality, time itself is flying by, because I'm having fun. Other days I go to the gym because that's what I feel like doing. Those days might be more traditional workouts, but I upgrade them by simultaneously listening to motivational speeches and mixes. It's a heightened sensory experience. Rather than only hearing the words, I feel them with my whole body. I absorb them into my mind, heart, muscles, and lungs. 
Literally, I am growing inside out, strengthening inside and out, overcoming resistance externally while pushing myself internally. Bonus, listen to audiobooks while getting massages. It feels as if the words are being rubbed directly into you, allowing you to absorb more of what you're learning. Number seven, tell the truth. Practice being more honest in your daily life and relations. Use this phrase to get you over that hump of resistance. I have something I want to share, but I observe that I'm nervous to do so. Typically for me, that earns a thoughtful expression out of my listener, and they give me the floor. Number eight, meditate and pray. Prayer is when you're speaking to God. Meditation is when you're listening to God. Recognize or experiment with the idea that whenever you are speaking, you are praying, and whenever you are listening, you are meditating. Everything you say is a prayer, and even if it seems like no one is listening, the Creator can hear every word. Conversely, whenever you are listening, listen closely, because God is telling you something. Number nine, get paid to do the things you love to do the things you would pay to do, and or the things you would continue to do regardless of whether you're getting paid to do them. Those things that make time and space disappear from consciousness are tied closely to your gift. You love to do them, and you give your love by doing them. Make the choice to live in that state of natural abundance which is unavoidable and everywhere you look. Make your work be something that fills you up, for that is the most sustainable job you can have. Number 10, do these exercises. I've found that the best way to do these exercises is to conduct your own workshops for friends and family. First, give testimonials about how much you yourself have gotten out of these exercises. Second, extend the invitation for other people to join you. Invite them to invest time and money in something that you are willing to put on because of the results you yourself have gotten. Giving them the opportunity to invest money in the experience catalyzes them to get the value out of it. Third, take the lead and go first. If it's the confession exercise, you confess first. If it's the notice and imagine exercise, you go first. If it's the sharing judgments exercise, share your judgments. Lastly, Team up with the people who seem most stoked by these ideas to attract even more attractive people.